Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to Lost Legends, Tales of Thurn. This is Ben, the DM. The kaboom forces the ship forward into the water. And we just keep firing the cannons until inch by inch we make it west. My name is Theron. My uncle is, was his college roommate. Kalanon, what you use this for is you use this to defeat the dust buddies. I'm Big Boots. I'm your new best friend. They want biscuits? Oh, they want those backdoor biscuits. My name's Magna. You're chained up. That's kinky. You can call us the Dirty Water Boys. You are the Dirty Water Boys? Last time on Lost Legends Tales of Thern, our heroes proceeded along a hidden path eastward across the mountains to the Idle Glen Forest. In this land of perpetual autumn, each of the dirty water boys felt the lingering magic of the giants in the form of nostalgic smells, ancient songs, and memories of better days. Finally, they arrived in the fortified city of Moonhaven. Among the refugees was Potato Sam, who led a group of survivors to safety and became quartermaster of the city. Sheriff Lena Malfour, the leader of the defenses, accepted our hero's assistance with open arms and formulated a plan. The Dirty Water Boys would create a distraction to draw the menacing red dragon close, while Sheriff Lena uses her magic gauntlet to bring the beast to the ground where it will be vulnerable to attack. Our story continues as the red dragon slams into the dirt. The battle commences! I'd like to cast Magic Missile. You don't have Magic Missile. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, even I don't or, have Magic or Missile. Or ever, but you know. Yeah. Fucking uh, Rangers don't get Magic Missile. More like Magic nice, Thistle. Though. Magic Fucking Thistle. Ranger. There we go. <laughs> hey guys, how we doing? Doing really well. Good. Yeah? Well, our belly's full of food. Indeed. Yeah. Sterling and I took a shower. During our break. Together. <laughs> Shower buddies. That's awkward. Shower buddies coming this fall. Hell yeah. The dirty shower boys. <laughs> uh. Speaking of dirty showers, that, that reminds me of when um, uh, when I went down to Guatemala after high school. I went there for a couple of weeks with the Spanish club. And um, the water down there, you know, like you heard like Montezuma's Revenge, like in Mexico, you can't drink the water. The same is true in Guatemala where you can't even like drink the shower water. You know, like if it gets in your, if any of it gets in your mouth or whatever, then like you get like diarrhea for like a week. So it made showering a really intense experience where it's just like, ah, stop touching me, you know? Because it would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need the water to shower, but also if you get too much of it, then it's like have fun shit in your pants the whole time you're on, you know, vacation. (laughs) Diarrhea. All right. (laughs) Yeah. On that yes. note, <laughs> on that start note. off the episode. On that note, let's fight a dragon. Indeed, the ultimate diarrhea. <laughs> the dragon's name is now diarrhea. That's <laughs> what the D stands for. Yeah. Just kind of set the scene. You guys are on the northern end of the uh, hexagonal fortress town of Moonhaven. You've successfully lured the dragon with your message in the sky, just as it was going to approach and torch the place. Uh, Sheriff Lena Malfour. 
used her gauntlet to uh, create like a giant mage hand and uh, grabbed the thing and pull it to the ground where it slammed into the earth, creating kind of like a crater, kicking up dirt and dust and rock. Roll initiative, fellas. Yo. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. That's great. Seven. Seventeen. Twenty-six. Twelve. And I got a nat one. <laughs> He's stunned by by the fall. He doesn't get any turns, ever. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how we win. He just He's stuck here now. Now, real quick, before the, the battle commences, also, I need you guys to roll nature. Just so, just to be aware of something. Your characters would probably know. I just want to see if you can recall it kind of in this moment. Four. It's at DC 10. Exactly 10. On natural 20. 14. Okie doke. Yeah, so you guys, uh, well, everyone but Magna would be aware, like, red dragons and gold dragons breathe fire, and they're immune to fire damage. So anything fire-related will have no effect on this thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if fire mm-hmm. will kill this guy. Cast fireball! <laughs> Cast fireball! <laughs> <laughs> Flaming hammer! Away! Get those, get those so, goblins that can cast firebolt and bring them into the fight. So Callie's going to be really <laughs> useful. Hopefully he uh, read the right spells. On that kill note, with fire! So Theron, you had a 26. So you're up I first, did. my dude. All right. Um, what's our layout? Like, obviously, we would have picked like good positioning. Yeah, it's kind of just up to you how you would want to you would have wanted to position yourselves ahead of the battle. I figure we just kind of hand wave it because um, okay. you guys would have had time to prepare and kind of get in position. Um, so is it like a big open yeah. field? Are there, are there like walls to be on top of or anything like that? So it's pretty much a big open field, like a parade ground. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah. I'm going to position myself roughly 60, uh, let's go 70 feet away from the dragon. Okay. Um, And I'm going to cast Conjure Animal. And I'm going to summon a giant constrictor snake. And I can summon it 60 feet away, or within 60 feet. So I'm going to summon it about 10 feet from the dragon while I'm 70 feet away. So at the max range that I can do, and I'm going to summon a giant constrictor snake who will get, it will get its own initiative, which I will roll now. It has a 22. Perfect. Got a natural 20 on that and it has a dex of two. And I will use a bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark on the constrictor snake. And that is about it for Theron because I don't want to move any closer. On the know. constrictor snake? No, I'm gonna. I'm going to. Theron's going to cast it on the dragon for next turn. Okay, I was gonna say I'm like the snake's on your side, isn't it? Or are you just yes, like throwing is, these is. two chaotic forces at each other? <laughs> yeah, what's left? No, yeah. So the giant constrictor snake is going to be there. Um, Theron's going to cast Hunter's Mark, and that's about it because I don't want to move any closer. Perfect. All right, so you had a 26, the snake has a 22, so the snake then immediately goes. All right, so the snake is going to slither up to the dragon as it lands and going to make a constrict attack onto it. Okie doke. Has a 24. That'll hit. Yep. Okay, that's going to be 
2d8 plus 4. So 9 damage. Okay. Bludgeoning damage, if that matters. Um, and then the target is grappled with an escape DC of 16. Okay, Until the grapple ends, the creature is restrained and the snake can't constrict another target. Alright, so yeah, the snake comes in, like, poof, appears, slithers up, wraps itself around the dragon, and uh, the dragon is, like, spouting flames and stuff out of its mouth, kind of writhing around as the snake is slowly anaconda-ing it to death. After the snake, we got big boots. Uh, we all leveled up, so now uh, I got to do a level 4 spell slot, so it means my kazoo does level 5 spells. I'm going to cast Synaptic Static. Uh, it's from Xanatar's Guide of Everything. Guide to Everything. Uh, I need uh, I need Big Dragon Boy to... He's within 120 feet of me, right? Correct. Yep. That boy's going to make a intelligent saving throw. Not one of the strong suits. DC 15. I got a 7. Perfect. So, uh, each creature within the 20-foot radius, I'm going to cast it right on the dragon. Uh, and the snake's unaffected because it has an intelligence score of 2 or lower, so it's not affected by the spell. Um, so he's too dumb to be affected. Yes. Yeah, dumb snake. <laughs> um, target takes 8d6 psychic damage on a failed throw. And then also, the target has muddled thoughts for one minute. During that time, one minute of time, it rolls a d6 and subtracts that number from all its attack and ability check rolls. As well as constitution saving throws to maintain concentration. Um, it can make an intelligence roll um, at the end of each turn to end this effect. So, I'm going to roll the 8d6. Thirty-nine damage. Pretty decent. Yeah. Not bad. Not too shabby. It's like fireball, but with extra stuff, and it's psychic damage. <laughs> well, that and it's an intelligence save. Intelligence in five E is like hardcore, one of the dump stats, unless you're a wizard. And then uh, it's going to whenever it does a d twenty roll uh, minus a d six roll to it. Excellent. Turn well spent. Big boots. Uh, so then we have um, Kalanon. Oh, as as a bardic inspiration bonus action, uh, give it to Callie. Excellent. All right, Callie. Good deal. Kalanon, with a 12, you are up. So this is actually going to work perfectly because the spell I have prepared, uh, I'm going to go up to the dragon and I'm going to touch it and bestow a curse upon it. Oh, shit. Mm. So that is a wisdom saving throw, and whatever you get, subtract that d6. So I had a 26 minus 1, so a 25. <laughs> that sounded so cool. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got a 25. Yeah, of course. Never mind. It saves. Oh. My curse fizzles. Magna, you're up. Magna probably is on the other side of the wall where the dragon is at, so I'm gonna pretty much make my way over there. I'm gonna swing my hammer at him. Alright, go ahead and roll it. That's a 28. I'll also activate Thunderous Smite. <laughs> Very good. Yes, 28 hits. Uh, 8 bludgeoning and 11 uh, thunder damage. Yeah, then, nicely done. And then he's gonna swing again. Uh, 23. Also hits. 11. Bludgeoning. 
heck yeah. So we'll say this thing is like writhing around, the snakes around it. You just come up with your hammer and like it's like its head, you know, bangs the ground for a moment. You're able to bash it up into the air. So it bashes the head back. And then on the uh, kind of a upswing and then a downswing, you bash the head back into the ground. Boom! You know, like another huge crater hits where the thing's head slams. Uh, after Magna, we have the dragon. So the dragon is going to try and break the grapple with an athletics roll. That would be a, oh, minus a d6. That'd be a 22. All right, that makes it out. All right, so now that it's out, it is going to use its fire breath. Yay. So it exhales fire in a 60-foot cone. So Magna, you'll be caught in the fire. I believe everyone else was 60 feet or more back, so it'd be Magna and the Constrictor Snake caught in the fire. I need you guys to make a dexterity saving throw. DC 21. Oh, Jesus. Good luck, Snake. Fails. Sneaky little snake. Uh, 18. 18? Yeah, so let me... uh, I have a dice app for just this reason. Let me figure out how much damage this guy's doing to you. I don't have that many d6s. <laughs> that doesn't bode well. Here, I think I'm going to use. I think I'm going to use Hikari on this one. <laughs> All righty. Oh boy. You ready? <laughs> sure. Sixty-six damage. Yeah, I'm using Hikari on this one. I'm, All right. I'm absorbing it and putting it right back in his face. Okie doke. So yeah, you. Uh, so the dragon wrestles free. It opens its mouth, its gaping maw right at you. You see fire build up in its throat and just explode at you. But all that fire gets absorbed into your shield, which at this point is glowing red hot like uh, iron in the fire. And it explodes back out at the dragon. um, No, you! Which, it doesn't do any damage, but the dragon's kind of knocked back a bit by the force of it. Like, it definitely was not anticipating that. Um, So it's... it's, uh, Distracted, to say the least. Uh, what, <laughs> what was the out. Snake? It's what was there? He's, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I don't roll the HP. I just go based off the stat block, and that's sixty, and he's dead. Yeah. So we'll say the the fire hits the uh, you know kind of hits the snake before getting absorbed in, and it burns up like one of those uh, like Fourth of July snakes, the, the little black ones that turn into <laughs> ash. You know. Yeah. Uh, then brings us back to Theron. You know what? It didn't do nothing. All right, I'm going to go ahead and knock an arrow and let it fly. Okay. Shoot this guy in the eye. Not in the eye, just shoot. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a pretty small target. As from your distance. Eight, uh, 19 to hit. 19 hits. Awesome. I already have Hunter's Mark cast, so I'm good there. And I get an extra D8 from Colossus Slayer. Ooh, when I rolled max damage on... All the dice. Shit. Um, so 22 plus 830 damage. Pretty good. Yeah, so your arrow rings, you know, flies through. Um, just as the fire gets redirected back at this dragon, uh, through the fire comes whizzing an arrow, sticks it right in the chest, and it lets out another shriek, uh, which is enough to rattle windows, uh, break glass, kind of like an opera singer. Um, it just pierces you guys' ears for a moment. 
as it lets out that, like, ah! You really heard him. Not done yet. Let's another arrow fly. That's going to be a 31 to hit. Uh, you do have yeah, poison damage on that also. I gave you oh, poison. Oh. Yeah, poison, that'll be an extra d6. Okay. In that case, add an extra six poison damage, because apparently my dice are maxing today. <laughs> you got the and baked you know ones what? out. Uh, how many poison arrows would you say I have? Um, We'll say ten. Ten? Okay. Yeah. In that case, let's go ahead and uh, for this next shot that I did that was 31 to hit with these four damage dice. I'm going to use my bracer's ability as a bonus action to do max damage on those dice as well. Nice. So do another 36 damage. Six of it being poison. Very good. Yeah, so uh, it lets out a shriek from the uh, the first arrows. It reels back um, causing a little uh, we'll say a pocket to open up in its scales where the second arrow rips through and uh, you guys would all see like thick, viscous red blood kind of gushing out of this thing's chest as it lets out another ear-piercing scream. After Theron, we have Big Boots with 17. Which I don't want to get close to it at all. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We're going to cast Stinking Cloud on it. Let's see what the range of that boy is. <laughs> 90 feet. I'm probably within that, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, 20 foot sphere of yellow nauseating gas centered on a point within range. Just gonna put it right on his head. Or in his chest so it goes up to his head. Um, spreads around corners, blah blah blah. Um, must make a constitution saving throw against poison. That's minus the d6 still? Yeah, any d20. Well, it says no ability checks or attacks, so the d6 won't be affected to this. Okay. Or yeah. Constitution, so it would actually, yeah, yeah, it's a Constitution saving throw, so yeah, this would actually, minus d6, sorry. So I got a non-natural 20. Oof, even with that minus? Yeah. Holy cow balls. Alright, so it's definitely gonna save. I, I don't think anyone ha- anything happens if he succeeds. Yeah, I think he's good. Okie doke. At the end of your turn, he is going to use a legendary action. Um, only one can be used at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. And he regains all spent legendary actions at the start of his turn. So he is going to use a tail attack against Magna. He kind of almost like a flail. He's just bringing it around very ungracefully to try and hit anyone in his vicinity. Uh, so Magna, he's coming at you with his tail. He does have a negative six to this. A negative six? Well, the negative D6 roll to this. Oh, yeah. I got it factored in. So that would be a 26. Oh, that hits. Yeah. So then his tail comes around and slaps you up a bit. um, Upside the noggin. That is going to be dealing. 17 damage. Oof. It could be sixty-six. <laughs> Magna Magna makes makes the Roblox Roblox oof sound when he gets hit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, so that was at the end of Big Boots' turn. Uh, so we have Kalanon with a twelve. Um How's Magna looking? Uh seventy seven out of ninety four. He's still He's a little bruised, but he's okay. Yeah, that 77 could be erased very quickly, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did 66 in a breath weapon earlier, so... 
Uh, all right. Well, um, so I'm going to attempt the curse one more time. So I will attempt to bestow a curse on the dragon. So that is a wisdom saving throw, which is probably its higher stat. But all right. So I got a nat one on the dice. Okay. However, he has three uses of legendary resistance. If a dragon fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. He's going to use one of those to resist the curse. This. Okay. All right. Curse him. Can't fireball him. Yeah, I. (laughs) Callie's Bane, everybody. I am. Right. All right. That's that's it for me. Okie doke. At the end of your turn. Now you're up on it, right? Because you had to touch it for the curse. I do. He's going to tail attack you as well. All right. Hey. Uh, roll twice. You're using Warden Flare. I'm I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't See. just tell him to roll. <laughs> well, we're, we're on an audio podcast. I want that to be known for the listeners. Please, please <laughs> just have true. I'm, I'm using, uh, fuck that, uh, try again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so rolling with disadvantage, I got a two on the dice. Minus six from the D6, so a negative four. I mean, I hit it. Hit. Yeah, so he uh, he got a 10 on his tail attack. Fuck, he has a plus 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's their own levels of hitting. But yeah, so he, um, so you know, he's kind of thrashing around. He uh, tries to hit you. The warding flare is enough to momentarily blind him where the tail just hits right next to you. And the ground, like, just to your right shatters to oh, about yeah, 10 yeah. feet behind you. All right, so that's the end of Kalanon's turn. Then we have Magna. Uh, Magna's just going to go for another swing. Okie doke. Uh, 26. That'll hit. Alrighty. And I'll also do Thunderous Smite again. Bludgeoning is 11. And then Thunder, 8. So 19 damage all all together again. And then... Give him a good smack. Yep. And then another swing for 22. Also hits. Uh, six bludgeoning. Okie doke. Um, at this point, we'll say the dragon kind of lowers its head um, as it's just kind of writhing around trying to uh, attack you guys furiously. Um, it lowers its head and you give it a really good smack across the cheek with that second hit. And uh, you see one of the teeth fly out. As it kind of like, uh, it's about the size of like a metal folding chair. And uh, it like, you know, you, you smack it and the dragon's face flies to the side and the tooth goes. And it embeds itself inside the palisade wall 70 feet back. I got a piece. As the dragon's mouth starts to bleed. It says, you'll pay for that, you little monster. Uh, so it's going to go. It is going to full multi-attack you. So it gets one bite and two claws. Oh, now, like at the start of its turn. Okie doke. And then also at the start of its turn, it's going to try and do the intelligence save to, to quit the. It's at the um, end of its turn. End of its turn. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, disadvantage minus six on the bite. Minus D6. Does an 18 hit? 18 is uh, it meets. Okay, so the so the bite is. Uh, good. I'm gonna use um no I have a what the fuck is it called cutting cutting word uh minus a d6 to that result also 
one. So, fucking <laughs> 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 so, dragon. So he just goes to like bite Magna, and you're just like, "Hey, dragon, dragon, fuck you." And he's like, "What balls?" <laughs> Steve Perry. <laughs> Basketball <All> right. reference. <laughs> Claw number one. Uh, Fifteen misses. Messes. Just tears up the ground in front of you. Second claw. Ooh, a little bit higher. 26. That one yeah. is. Alright. So, his second claw meets its mark. That is 15 damage plus... Uh, no, 15 damage. Yeah. So he rakes his claws across your armor. Digs into the flesh. His claws, you know, they've, they've ripped up the ground and they, they're, even though they have that kind of brute ability, they're still razor sharp when it comes to uh, doling out some pain. End of its turn. It's going to make try and make the intelligence save. I got an eight, but I'm going to use my second legendary resistance to succeed. Okay, so my ability's gone? Yep. Okay. Alright, round resets to Theron. Alright. Um, I suck. And didn't read my own spells. Uh, go ahead and give the dragon back 12 HP. Because I casted Hunter's Mark, then used Conjure Animal. Um, so my Hunter's Mark technically would have gone away, because they're both concentration. I see. Yeah. So those 2d6 that I did the max damage on are not effective. Okey-doke. But I will start my turn with casting Hunter's Mark. There we <laughs> go. bonus action. And go ahead and shoot at the dragon. And... First one is a 25. Okay. And I'm just going to do the second one and add up all the damage just for easier. Good. Yeah. Second one is an 18. 18 misses. Okay. So that's going to be 2d8, 1d6. Plus another d6 for poison because this is the third poison arrow. So that's 10 damage total. Okie doke. And that is it for Theron because... Yeah. Alright, so another arrow rings true. Big boots. Um, I'm within 60 feet. I'm going to pull out another one of those scrolls that I got from Gavorovich's corpse and cast Shatter onto the dragon. Wisdom saving throw, or constitution saving throw, sorry. That'd be a 19. That definitely makes it. Uh, so he's going to take half damage of 3d8 thunder damage. A total of 16, so it'll take 8. Okie doke. Yeah, so uh, we'll say the, the shatter hits right by one of its wings, and there's an audible pop as the dragon lets out another scream. Okay. It's my turn. After big boots, uh, the dragon's going to use one of its legendary actions to tail attack Magna. Liquid hot Magna. <laughs> Uh, that is going to be a nether warding flare. Okie doke. So disadvantage. 26. Uh, it still hits. Cool. 15 more damage. As his tail comes around and bonks you right in the noggin. In a very deadly way. Alright. So that was big boots. Then we have Kalanon with a 12. Alright, cool. Um, I'm going to make my way to Magna. Yeah, Magna's Magna's about under. Oh, it's about exactly half HP right now. (laughs) 
So that would be a cure wounds. He's very uh, nice. <laughs> 32 uh, healing. So I'll go over and I'll touch Magna. So I'm right in Magna's vicinity. Heck yeah. Yeah, so Magna, you feel a touch on the shoulder and immediately you're filled with vigor and life once again. You said I get 32 back? 32 back. Woo! <laughs> All right. Um, after Kalanon, we have Magna. All right. So I'm actually going to... Did you say that like some of the dragon scales came off? On its chest, yeah. He bent in such a way that one of the arrows pierced underneath it. So okay. the scales didn't come off. It was just like a, like a nick in the armor. So is it like is it low enough that I can like hit it with something? Uh, well, are you talking like hit it with melee or like throw a javelin at it? Yes. So you could absolutely <laughs> throw a javelin at it. Uh, hitting it with melee, you'd have to do an athletics roll to try and get, you kind of be like a like a jumping strike. Okay. Well, so I'm gonna throw the javelin to try to hit. That soft spot. Okie doke. No! <laughs> Ten? <laughs> Ten is a miss. <laughs> oh my. Now, it you was like teetering. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah, that's a miss then. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm just going to go with Old Faithful and swing my hammer. Okay. For the extra attack? Yeah. Uh, 22? That'll get there. All righty. That is 11. Okay. All right. So it notices that you try and hit the weak spot. Like the javelin just kind of glances away off the dragon's thick scales. And uh, you see a look of real fear in this thing's eyes as it looks down and sees how close it was to getting nicked here in a a very vital spot. Um, So at the end of your turn, it is going to do a wing attack. Just costing two, the two remaining legendary actions. Um, so wing attack beats its wings. Each creature within 10 feet must succeed a dexterity save or take some bludgeoning damage and be knocked prone. And then it can fly up to half its fly speed, which in this case, it could fly 20 feet. No, I'm sorry, 40 feet. So go ahead and make a dex save, fellas. That would be Kalanon uh, and Magna are both within 10 feet. Six. 23. 23. All right. So, uh, Kalanon, you are able just barely to resist the knocking prone. And you you don't take any damage. You're able to kind of hold your ground. uh, Whereas Magna, you get tossed around a little bit. Um, So the force of its wings beating is enough to uh, to get... We'll say it gets dust in your eye, which causes your footing to be off. Uh, You're going to take 14 damage. uh, Bludgeoning damage from the force of the wind. And it knocks you over prone. You kind of start to like, like slide back on the ground. Uh, and then the dragon will fly 40 feet straight upward. Thank God I got healed. I'm getting my ass whooped out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that was at the end of your turn, Magna. He used uh, legendary action to your turn. So then on his turn, he is going to fly 80 feet back into the forest. He's going to dash away. So I guess technically it'd be 160 feet. He's going to fly off. Pretty much being like, fuck this, I'm out of here. They got way too close. You really uh, are a punk bitch. Yeah, you better run. So at this point, you would hear a cheer come out from the city, um, led by Lena, as the dragon flies off. Defeated, but not dead. 
um, kind of limping away from a battle that it felt like it should have had the chance, to, like a good chance to win. So cutscene wise, you guys are led back into the city. Um, Lena is there. There's a, a crowd of refugees and survivors that throw you up on their shoulders and they lead you back into the uh, kind of the, the main like town hall area at the center of the hexagonal town of Moonhaven. Potato Sam decides he's going to throw a big feast in you guys' honor, you know, showing what the dirty water boys are made of. They uh, they get a couple of uh, like those big fancy goblets, like gold goblets with jewels and hand one to each of you. Fill it to the brim with wine. Lena gives a quick toast in your honor and uh, asks if you guys have any words. Your moment of triumph. Hey, uh, Lena, can we talk in private? I love the pageantry. You know I'm all about that pageantry. And I flex and I finger gun. Uh, but, you know, knowing that it's still out there, Big Boot, it's kind of on Big Boots' mind to, like, you know. Yeah, there's 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 no celebrating for, for us. Because I think we, we all know, like, <laughs> Yeah, shit's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, the hubris in this celebration is just dripping with foreshadowing. Yeah, Lena takes you off while uh, there's cheering and songs in the streets. Potato Sam is there. He's he's whipping up a great meal. Mashed potatoes galore. Lena, you know, you guys pull Lena off to the side. She says, yes, what is it? You you fought off the dragon. Uh, why, why, why are we not drinking? We, we didn't kill it, and there's gonna be more, probably, and we can't stay here to defend the city all the time. So, t- take the W, sure, but, like, you know, we don't want to be hoisted by your own petard. Like, that's not good. Lena just takes a moment to consider your words, and uh, she says, Look, I've been the sheriff of this town since I was a teenager. I was the only one that stepped up, the only one that offered my services to protect these people. We finally have help. Even if it's for only a moment, the work you've done here has filled these people with hope. She says, And that I will toast to. Uh, okay. I, I, I'm a big believer of hope also. Hope never loses us, but, you know, uh, just, just be aware that it could get worse, and we're, we're on a mission of our own to, to move on after this. She, uh, takes a long drag from her cup, sets it down on the table, and sticks out her hand once more, kind of reaffirming her trust in you. She, uh, she says, well, if you're on a mission of your own, I'm sure it's important. As a fellow enemy of the Golden Empire, you know, we will do everything in our power to help you in your mission. Because you have our complete trust. Hell yeah, bro. Lady bro. And, uh, you know, I, I do like a, a pound on the fist. You know anything about giants? Just, well, uh, they used to live here. You know where they are now? Nope. I've never seen one. I've only heard the stories. As I heard stories that they come in many shapes and sizes, some with blue skin, some very rough looking, rough spun, as it were. Some of them had control of the skies, some control of the waves. Yeah, she uh, she says there's all kinds of legends and myth about these giants, you know. Some said that they could change shape. Some said they can control the storms, uh, surf the seas. Some even said that they had uh, wondrous flying machines that they could use to get around. Um, kind of like... Uh, Airships, if you will, like enchanted airships. Um, just uh, all kinds of legends about them. She said, you know, according to the myth, their capital hung just above the, uh, the, the, the valley here, just above the bowl was their floating city. And she, that part she knows to be true because their magic is still infused with the ground beneath. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Leon. Um, I'm probably going to stay sober tonight, just in case, but party it up, um, and we'll touch base in the morning. She, for the first time, you guys see her smile, and she says, uh, well-deserved partying. Got it. She drains the rest of her goblet and uh, kind of throws her hand in the air, and the rest of her soldiers inside the chamber here cheer. Cutscene-wise, you know, the drinks flow. Uh, the food is amazing. Come steaming, piping off the fire. Um, they spare no expense. And uh, whether you stay drunk or whether you stay sober, it's undeniable the cheer, the hope that you've given them as far as being able to fight back and defend their homes. You know, so many of these people have gotten their asses kicked over the last weeks. Their homes burned, their families burned, their livelihoods destroyed. For the first time, you guys have helped give them a hit back. Night falls. They provide you guys with excellent furnishings. Um, the best beds in the city are yours to use. Um, as you guys wake up, so Theron, you would feel a, uh, a head resting on your chest. Um, as the, uh, the Oracle is there, you're kind of like passed out on a couch. Um, the Oracle is there kind of laying sideways with their head on your chest. Sleeping, having sweet dreams. Magna, you awake face down. Um, Bobby is there next to you. He's laying in the exact same position you are. Um, <laughs> Big Boots, uh, you feel kind of a tug on your hair as uh, Kevin is there. He's he's ready for breakfast. He's crawled out of your pocket and he's like, come on, come on. I hear they're making eggs today. You like eggs, Kevin? I love eggs. Are you kidding me? They're one of my top three favorite foods I've ever eaten. All right, I need I need that list now. I need that list now, Kevin. What's the what's the other two? Number one, acorns. Number two, uh, well, it's a little crude, I must say. Is is that all right? Are we in the correct present company? Oh yeah, it's just you and me, bro, and Spider, bro. As well, you see, uh, being a weasel and whatnot, I really like the taste of apples. Is is that all right? <laughs> Oh, so it's not risque. A, not a noble weasel food. I, I, you wouldn't believe how many times I've been laughed at. Uh, I, honestly, all fruits. Apples, oranges. I had a ripe banana one time. God, that was a trip. Oh, yeah. And I'll get you some, I'll get you some fruit here, buddy. And some eggs. So uh, I'll get wonderful. you some, e some extra eggs for keeping my wallet safe. You what? The, the wallet? Remember last episode you protected my wallet from the ghosts? Ah, yes, yes, of course. Last yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he like happily scurries off. You know, you would know like not even with a nature check. Normally weasels are kind of like uh, carnivores. He's a mole. So so in, in or a, a mole. Yeah, mole, weasel. Yeah, well, I'm thing. thinking like, are moles in the weasel family? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, generally carnivores, but like him eating fruits, his family and brethren would be like, fuck is wrong with you, you know, Kalanon, you awaken and your, your back kind of hurts. You look down, you can see that your shirt is ripped open, kind of like you full on like hulked out looking. Uh, uh, so are we talking like Fabio or just like like a disheveled Fabio? Yes. Oh, OK. You, you're laying on your back in a mm -hmm. uh, 
a pile of hay in a barn just outside of town. Um, your ripped, tattered shirt is covered in blood. Am I bleeding anywhere? Uh, as you get up and inspect yourself, not that you can see. You have no okay. open wounds. Awesome, awesome. Let's do an inside check to see if I can figure out what happened. Sure. Uh, 24. 24. Okay. So, uh, looks like, um, as you kind of piece together, you have no memory of what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the first thing, but kind of putting together the clues looks like you stumbled in last night. The door of the barn was thrown open and you see Mm -hmm. like large claw marks in the wood. Mm -hmm. You see drips of blood that probably followed you in, you know, dripping off of your shirt to the hay pile where uh, last night at some point you probably collapsed from exhaustion. You would also have known that last night was a full moon. Yeah, I know. I kind of figured we were using like this uh, nigh-forgotten season one plot. Not forgotten, (laughs) just waiting for the opportune moment. (laughs) Waiting? It's been months! Well, I mean, so, in-game, it's been months. Out-of-game... I, I have valid reasons on the DM side of things. There's there's reasons why you haven't transformed yet. You know, it's funny. Sometimes when we get online waiting for you, Ben, we've talked about like, yeah, he's probably forgot about that werewolf thing. We don't need to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No. So I, I've, I've actually and you can cut this later if you want. I've actually put a lot of thought into the whole werewolf vampire thing. Why there's no cure all that stuff, like the backstory of why it is the way it is in this world. And I've talked with my friends at the coffee shop, uh, Trevor and Squirrel, that were there at the bachelor party, mm-hmm. and bounced ideas off of them. And I've got something that I really like that I can live with um, to make it unique enough where it's kind of its own spin on this, but also similar enough where it's familiar. So All right. this has so, been a long time coming <laughs> for the listeners that might be a little confused. Sterling, would you like to tell them why there's werewolf implications? So we were. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, where was that guy from? He was from one of the, the neighboring nations. Oh, and like, I really tried to like befriend him and help him out. Um, yeah. He's a noble oh, from Hobrook. Yeah, yeah, Hobrook. Yeah, he's like a duke or something. Yeah, yep. he was a duke. Um, a duke bag? Yeah. Man, I was really hoping to score an alliance. Anyways, uh, in season one, I was uh, bitten by him uh, when he was transformed into werewolf. Um, I failed to save. Uh, in this world, there are no cures for uh, lycanthropy. And... I gotta be honest, I really, really thought, like, hey, this is a plot hook that we're not gonna address. <laughs> we talked like, so much shit about it. We did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and yeah. it was, like, a couple of uh, recordings ago. It's like, yeah. I'm really glad, because I was like, oh. Alright. That was uh, the Kyra is- Bale episode, for uh, those yeah, who yeah, want to go back yeah. and listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is the moment where it comes up. In a big way. <laughs> All right. Moonhaven. So here we go. <laughs> oh my god, yes, Moonhaven. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's do this. Uh, I am uh, shook with fear uh, that I've done something terrible. So within the city, as the other three, uh, Big Boots, Magna, and Theron are waking up, 
You hear the town bell get rung, which normally, you know, in every other town signifies an emergency. Um, as you guys go outside, prepare for breakfast, you know, kind of see what the deal is. You see a like a mob that is leading a homeless ragamuffin down the street, kind of by his collar. It's like they're dragging him through the street as they shout out, murder, murder, murder in Moonhaven. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, Big Boots is just like, okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Not our first rodeo. <laughs> we fought a dragon. I, the amount that Big Boots cares is like pretty low, honestly. Yeah. Theron, Theron's going to sidle up to one of the bystanders and be like, what, what, what happened? He says, well, last night there was a werewolf here in town. We have a, a witness. He's a local armorer. Michael Fleming says that uh, he, um, yeah, he is the the character winner. But anyway, so um, and you killed Michael- him? <laughs> no, Michael Fleming was the witness. Oh, the woman okay. that was killed. That is Margaret Baylor, who's a local fisherwoman. She uh, she was found chest flayed open, heart ripped out, presumably eaten. And uh, Michael Fleming is the uh, the source that says it was a werewolf. You can see that his arm is in a sling. It looks like his arm got ripped to shreds. His right arm got ripped to shreds by this thing. As he just barely escaped after it killed Margaret, went off back into the woods. One thing you did notice is that the uh, the werewolf had a scar under its eye, kind of in the shape of a crescent moon. And that is the same type of scar that Floyd Archer has under his eye. Hence the mob thinking that he was the culprit. Sounds like an open and shut case to me. Ben, in, in this world, how are werewolves classified, like, creature type-wise? Um, the same as in the monster. The form? Same as in the monster manual. Let me check real quick. It's like a beast. or uh, So they are classified as a humanoid shape-changer. Okay, never mind then. Primeval awareness does not affect that at, at all. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, he is led to a um, a platform. Kind of looks like a, like they're getting a gallows set up for him. You guys would see Elder Beechcroft just kind of horrified, like this is not justice. We, we, we need to have a trial. We need. And he looks at uh, the three of you, and he says, "Please help me. We need to calm this rabble before we make any mistakes. I, I just want to make sure we do this by the book. Please help me." Uh, yeah, I, by three, you mean me, uh, Big Boots, Magna, and Theron? Yep, this would be okay. happening while while Kalanon is waking up in the barn. So nobody has seen Kalanon this morning at all. Right, that would be another red flag. You guys have not seen Kalanon. Ah, uh, you know, I sure, he probably deserves a trial. I mean, witness eyewitness testimony can be unreliable, so... Uh, Alright, I'm gonna step forward and, like, talk to, like, the mob. Be like, hey, uh, peeps... Uh, I understand shit's fucked, but due diligence is required here. Oh, this guy did- okay. oh, I was just gonna keep rambling, so <laughs> I just I just ramble until you tell me to do something, honestly. <laughs> um persuasion, you say? Yep. Uh twenty two total. Okie doke. Yeah, so the uh you know, seeing you up there, you guys being the heroes of yesterday that, you know, defeated the dragon. Uh, the crowd immediately pipes down this uh, this ragamuffin, introduces himself as Floyd Archer. He says, "What? Well, I'm I'm not a I'm not some common werewolf. Come on, guys, you've known me. I'm just you're just beating up on the poor guy. That's all this is. You're just beating up on the poor guy. Well, look at you. 
We're going to get justice here, and you'll see that I'm not responsible for this poor fisherwoman's death. At this point, uh, Elder Beechcroft would kind of turn to you, Big Boots, and kind of whisper. So It's like, so where, where's Kalanon? He should be here for this. Uh, am I my brother's keeper? He's an adult. He does what he wants. I, I'm, yes. I'm assuming Big Boots has no idea about the werewolf thing. About Kalanon's werewolf situation. Would any of us have any idea about? No, because uh, it hasn't uh, it hasn't come up yet. And once again, just to reiterate, there is an in-game reason for this. Why it hasn't um, happened until now? Exactly. So we we would we would be none the wiser. We just thought no, he didn't get infected. Like, huh? That's mm-hmm. weird. Kalanon's not here. Oh well. I mean, if Big Anyways. Boots did know, he'd be like, "Yeah, kill this innocent dude. Fuck it." Like, Kalanon's <laughs> more important. <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> are there are there any like telltale signs other than transforming into a big hairy wolf uh, on like their regular human form to be able to tell if they're a werewolf? Like a test you can do on someone? Not, not really. No. Is that like there- a blood with the heat, like in the thing? Uh great reference though. I love yeah. the thing. It's my favorite horror movie. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, so like when they're in their werewolf form, uh, cold iron and silver burn it. But once they're in their human form, it becomes untraceable. Okay, so I can't like cut them with my silver short sword and see if it does anything. Right, not in the human form. Okay. You'd have to catch them in werewolf form. Make an artificial moon. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, just moon him. Yeah, just moon him. <laughs> All right. So uh, meanwhile, Kalanon. So you inspect the barn. What you can piece together is that you stumbled in here covered in someone else's blood. Giant claw marks. The works. You hear a hubbub going on inside the city. Uh, mm-hmm. How do you respond? Dreading. Uh, uh, maybe the realization that whatever I did in the night, they're responding to. Boy. Uh, I will take the effort to... Uh, make myself somewhat presentable, maybe find some other clothes, wash the blood off. Sure. Yeah. Washing the blood off. There'll still be kind of a pinkish stain, but finding other clothes, go ahead and roll investigation. Uh, seven. Seven. Yeah. So you don't find any other sets of clothes out here, but you're able to wash a lot of the, the blood's kind of dry and caked on at this point. But like I said, there'll be some pink stains yeah. Anyone that looks close will be able to identify it as uh, washed off blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll make my way to the town. All right. So, uh, meanwhile, up at the uh, the gallows that are being constructed, Elder Beechcroft, Magna, Big Boots, and Theron, you guys are standing there up on the platform uh, as Floyd Archer, the homeless ragamuffin, is just kind of like beside himself trying to convince people that he's not a monster. You hear, so the the crowd is still kind of murmuring. There's still some hoopla in different parts of the town, but the entire town falls silent, like a pin drop silent as you see Kalanon walking in. And it's almost like the crowd parts for him as this great hero of yesterday is now, you know, this kind of, they're just like, what happened? What's going on? Is he the werewolf? You'd see him. He's still got his pants, but his shirt is torn. There's like washed off blood stains. So he makes his way up to the the stand. Kalanon, where have you been? <clears throat> uh, out of town, in a barn. Why? 
Uh, I haven't quite figured it out myself, and I'm honestly kind of concerned on how I got there. Floyd is the first one to shout out. He says, look, he's covered in blood. Obviously, he's the werewolf. This is his fault that Margaret Baylor died. And the, the crowd starts to kind of get riled up again as they, they call for your head. Calm, uh, calm, calm down, Floyd. We, we know this man. He's definitely not a werewolf. Says, well, sure, except for all the evidence. All right. All right. First of all, I'm a lawyer. That evidence is circumstantial <laughs> at best. I'm a lawyer. We, we've established that in past episode. I don't remember when. I'm a lawyer. I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for this. You know, that's probably a wine stain, and he got really lit and drunk and, like, ripped his shirt Hulk Hogan style. It's all good. He's not a werewolf. He's a cleric of light. Does no, I, uh, I believe, Big Boots and Theron, I, I may be the monster that they're at seeking. See, Elder, when Elder Beechcroft hears that, he his jaw drops and he just looks horrified. As you see all the color drain from his face, like he's like genuine concern for your well-being in this town of now adversaries. Elder Beechcroft, after a moment of silence, is going to stand up and cast Thaumaturgy on his voice to kind of amplify it so everyone can hear. He says, uh, Kalanon is part of my order as an elder, an advisor to Lena Malfour. I invoke... The, uh, the, uh, the right, the right of, of trial, trial. how it how works, works with, with the, uh, our people and our custom, custom is a, a private, private matter. matter. When the bell tolls, you will know our verdict. Till then, back to your duties. The dragon is gone, but not dead. It, it could come back at any moment, do you understand? It's back to your duties. At which point he uh, takes off his... His um, cloak puts it around your shoulders, Kalanon, and kind of goes to like lead you off um, in private, or they can they can have this talk. It's kind of one of those things with the order that you're a part of, because they're not beholden to any particular nation. They kind of have their own. It's like uh, internal affairs when when one of when when someone in your your clerical order like biffs or does something mm-hmm. bad or whatever. Um, so he's going to try and handle it in house by the book according to the customs of your people. At this point, he's going to lead you inside the town hall, tell everyone else to get out and scat, uh, you know, back to their duties. We still there's still a war going on. There's still a dragon out there in the woods uh, that could come back. And uh, he gets it to where it's just you, him, the other dirty water boys and the Oracle. Uh, Magna's out there. He'd, he'd be like helping serve food and all that stuff. You know, he's trying to find a way to make himself useful. But these are big boy matters. You mean you mean Bobby? You said Magna. B- Bobby. Sorry. Yeah, I keep doing that. Here's um, some mashed potatoes for everybody. You want some? How about you? <laughs> I'm just like, wait, is Magna the child of the group? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Beechcroft, you know, he pulls up a chair, sits directly across from you. He says, you know, you're, you're starting to worry me a little bit, Kalanon. I, I need to know, have you come in contact with the werewolf? Is there any merit to what these people are saying? Please tell me that I'm wrong. No, I, I have... In fact, come in contact with the werewolf. I, in fact, was bitten several months ago. There's just like a long pause while he takes it in. And he uh, he says, well, then he says, I'm well aware that there's no cure of for this. The woman's, her name was Margaret Baylor. She was a fisherwoman. Her heart was ripped out and has not been found, presumably eaten. 
Um, you see, when you get bit by a werewolf, it takes direct moonlight to cause you to turn. So if you are inside, if there are clouds in the sky, if there's any kind of shelter, if you're inside, say, like a Leoman's tiny hut, and you're not hit by direct moon rays, then you are fine and nothing happens. Once you eat a heart, once a werewolf, not you, uh, once a, once a werewolf eats a heart, then it becomes permanent, where the second the moon comes up, no matter what you turn, whether or not the moon's rays are directly touching you or not. So last night, being a full moon, being a full direct moon with not a cloud in the sky, probably is what triggered your transformation, he says. But I got to tell you, it's really concerning, because if you did eat that heart, then there's there's no going back at this point. He says, I only know of one power that could possibly have anything to say about this. And that is? He says, well, um, it, it takes us back to the days of the Pantheomachy. Um, go ahead and roll history. I think I would have this down now, the fact that it's in alphabetical order. Uh, ten. Ten? All right, so you have you remember studying the Pantheomachy in your like clerical history classes, but the, d- the details kind of escape you. It's been a while. So at the beginning of time, there are 12 gods. Uh, three of them are deemed as like evil gods. That would be pestilence, war, and pride. Mm. So the other nine gods create the earth, create Thern, and everything in it, and everything is good. And they're, they're happy with their creations for the most part. You know, they give them free will and whatnot. But pestilence, war, and pride threaten to undo all of it and mess everything up. So a war between the gods happened in which those three, which you guys would have already known these guys referenced as the Forbidden Three or the Forgotten Three. Uh, they were locked away in a separate dimension, uh, kind of awaiting Armageddon. Um, so pestilence was the one that created, she was the goddess that created lycanthropy and vampirism. And uh, she never created a cure. However, she is still able to be reached using kind of hidden lore. Uh, The worship of these gods has been forbidden for hundreds of years now, but the books and the lore still exist. And it's still out there if you were one of these people trying to contact one of the Forbidden Three. He says, in my studies at the Citadel, I learned the uh, an ancient spell uh, where you can actually use fire to contact one of them. He says, if if anyone is going to get rid of this stain, it it will be her. It must be her. It says there is no other way. All right. Well, I will, in hopes to make amends for anything I've done, I will do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So he just gives you a weak smile and says, yes, whatever it takes. He says, uh, for this ritual, uh, your friends must, it, it, it is an individual journey, so to speak. Um, I will write down the incantation and uh, give you all the tools necessary, at which point we all must leave uh, for you to be alone with her. All right. And he uh, he grabs a quill, piece of parchment, goes to write down um, kind of like an ancient language, you know, the language of the cultists, language of the Mm. dead, the, the, the hidden three, the forgotten three gathers up uh, some sulfur, some other kind of flammable materials to put in the fireplace for when you go to say these, you kind of throw the ingredients in, say the words, and it contacts or from from their hidden, from their other dimension, if you will. He hands you the stuff, gives you a big bear hug, and he says, just good luck. Be safe, my friend. All right, so, uh, Kalanon, 
as you uh, as you release the hug with Elder Beechcraft. Um, he leads the rest of the Dirty Water Boys and the Oracle out. The Oracle, you can see a couple of tears streaming down her face. She, uh, you see her mouth across the chamber. Good luck as they leave, and then Elder Beechcroft closes the door whoomph, behind you, and uh, you can hear a lock indicating that no one is going to disturb you during this process. There's a fireplace uh, with a large chimney off in the far end of the uh, the town hall. You got all the ingredients gathered together. Um, essentially, just throw them all in, say the incantation, and and it should do the trick. Any last words before we take the plunge? Any last words? No. I uh, I just think of disappointing her. Well, the flyer raises up, burns blue, then green, then yellow, then orange, then red. Um, kind of a, a myriad of colors as you say the incantations. Kalanon, as you light the fire and you complete the ritual, the rest of the area grows dark. You find yourself surrounded on all sides by an oppressive lack of light, a dense black fog in every direction, further and deeper than your elf eyes can discern. The only source of light and noise is the orange crackling of your campfire. The flames rise as you stoke the fire. Sitting across from you, uh, a woman with black hair and a plain white shawl. In the firelight, her skin seems to shift from sallow and jaundiced to pale and cold. Her cheeks, arms, and neck are covered in a blend of old blisters, rashes, and open sores. Fixed on her face is a wide, disturbingly toothy grin. Her blank white eyes stare at you across the fire. Well, the light of the fire shines interestingly towards you. Hello. I am Kalanon. I have summoned you today. Her mouth does not move. Instead, you hear a woman's voice in your head. So wonderful to meet you, Kalanon. Simply splendid, in fact. I thought I might see you here after what you did. Excellent work, if I might say so. Exactly as I intended when I whipped up this bit of sickness. This isn't exactly what I wanted to do. I wasn't intending to be some sort of champion of yours, nor do I want your your praise. Uh, I need a... I seek a cure, actually. The smile leaves Zetus's face as she stands and makes her way to your side of the fire. You find yourself unable to move as she slowly sits next to you. She leans in, placing her head gently on your shoulder. Learn to take the compliment. I don't hand them out very often, you know. I see what the princess sees in you. Why she likes you so much. You're such a boy scout. Just like a dog. Just like any of my other servants. I believe that you are familiar with the concept of godly champions. (laughs) What am I saying? Of course you are. Look at you, you walking, talking flashlight. My champion is quite different from you, Kalanon. He stalks the night with red glowing eyes and sharp claws thirsting for blood. Surely you've met. Oh yes, of course you have. You see the smile return to her face as she turns your head to meet her blank gaze. I speak, of course, of Luther Ashendel, my first vampire. 
the most promising disciples, become the largest disappointments. It's my fault, really, being locked away here for so long. No contact. My first command for him was to love me more than anything. But it seems that your precious Theron has taken that place. No longer, I say. See, I know something that you don't. Just as you are powerless to cure your lycanthropy on your own, you can't defeat Luther without my help. At this point, Zetas brings your hand brings her hand to your forehead and shows you visions, events yet to come. You see Prince Eldario commanding a legion of vampires clad in plate mail into battle in the coming war. You see them rip and tear through enemy forces with reckless abandon, satiating their bloodlust a thousand times over. You see legions of vampires saluting in unison as Luther Ashendale lowers his helm and betrays the Knights of the Golden Empire. You see Indiglis in flames as vampire spawn invade the city. You see the curse spread throughout the world in a tidal wave of death and blood as Luther sits on the golden throne, sipping wine out of a golden goblet with Princess Eldora at his left and Theron at his right, both pale white with blood-red vampiric eyes. No. No. It's, it's not true, is it? it? It can't be true. It is true. If left to its own devices, this is what will come to pass. For the time being, our objectives are aligned. You wish for a cure for lycanthropy, and I wish for Luther Ashendale's head. I'm prepared to make you a deal, Kalanon. I will agree to cure your lycanthropy and offer to teach you a healing spell. This, my new friend, is the only spell that can cure both full-blown lycanthropy and vampirism. Not even the gods know this particular bit of spellcraft, though it can be taught to others if you so desire. In return, I require the following. First, you must never speak of the terms of this deal to another soul, not even your dirty water boys. Not even the Princess Eldora. And second, you must kill Luther Ashendale. Upon death, his soul returned to me for re-indoctrination. There is also something else I want. Maybe even more than the rest. There will be time in your future where I return to you. I will not tell you the time or the date or the nature of my return, but you will know me by my unholy symbol. In that moment, I will ask you for a favor, and you must consent. That is my last stipulation. You are bound by another dimension. You are the one, one of the ones that the gods fought against. How do I know? How do I know that you actually hold up to my, to your end of the bargain? This is not some bawdy tavern bunk. This, Kalanon, is a godly pact. Not even I have the power to break it once the terms are set. Here, let me offer you a sign of good faith. Zetas waves her hand in front of your eyes, and black smoke emanates from her palms. In this moment, you regain movement in your hands and feet, but you feel different somehow. The smoke dissipates, and out of the darkness surrounding the campfire, a full moon appears. You panic for a moment before realizing it has no effect on you. You, Kalanon, are no longer a werewolf. This is just a taste of my power. 
Please, use my knowledge. Save your friends. Save Princess Eldora. Do we have a deal? Me too. And I extend my hand out. Wise choice, Kalanon. Very wise. Your reward lies in the flames. Oh, and one other thing. You may clear your conscience and rest easy. You did not kill Fisherwoman Margaret Baylor. You did, however, grievously wound the werewolf that did. I'll see you soon, friend. Zetas vanishes from your side of the campfire and flickers in the darkness. As you stare into the fire, arcane runes and magical lore take form in the shadows. Unable to take your eyes away, eventually the fire dies down to embers. You blink as the surrounding darkness grows brighter and brighter until you find yourself back in familiar ground, alone and lonely and quiet in the town hall. Hey everyone, uh, weird time to do the plugs, but end of the episode plugs, so here you go. Uh, I'm here with the other Dirty Water Boys and the guest star of the episode, Kiki. How you doing, Kiki? I am great. Thank you. Awesome. You did awesome on the episode. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And putting on the best performance of the show so far, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your show, Mission Spooky. Uh, we, we plug it a lot because we're on there a lot, but now <laughs> you get to be on our show. So tell us about Mission Spooky. I know. This is so great. Um, yeah, so Mission Spooky, we are kind of a paranormal and nerd podcast now. <laughs> um, we do. You guys have been on. Well, Logan and Ben have been on doing guest DM work for us for our Cord versus Cryptid, where we take Cord our... Uh, yep. Resident pro wrestler. Fresh, yeah, professional wrestler, and we pit him against uh, creatures that I have stat blocked. And we have art for those cards and the stat blocks and stuff for our Patreon. Uh, we, we upload mostly bi-weekly for the normal episodes, and then we've been adding in kind of nerd culture type things called Get Geeky with Kiki uh, every other week or so. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, you can find that uh, wherever you listen to this show, you can listen to uh, Mission Spooky. Uh, I gotta say, Ben, your last Chord versus Cryptid, like, blew mine out of the fucking water. Like, I'm like, I have to follow that again? What the fuck, Ben? <laughs> that was so fun. I'm like the biggest simp for Lalachusa. Lalachusa's so damn cool. <laughs> Yeah, mine was like, oh, yeah, it's just an encounter. That's easy. And then Ben writes this, like, huge story that makes everyone cry at the end. Like, god damn it. She <laughs> wants me back, Ben. I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you can hear that. You can uh, listen to the Cordverse Crypto where myself and Ben appear. Also, on the regular episodes, we appeared. I did Vamator Visitor, and Ben yes. also did Lala Chusa. Yes, and then we'll have you back for each of your new cryptids as well. So, so it'll be four more technically four more episodes i mean you know feel free to keep doing cryptids guys because after this last one i got so spoiled with ben i'm like you have to do like all of them from now on. <laughs> dude i am down i, I have AF to start paying this. you now like, how work? <laughs> well you do get swag i did not yeah just heads up there is swag coming for both of you so oh sweet yeah. hell yeah stuff we all get i love swag 
Uh, so we'll just do the rest of the plugs here. Again, thank you, Kiki, so much for joining us. Sterling, tell us about your stream. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm a variety streamer on Twitch. Uh, I do um, some gaming. Um, I do a lot of um, ranked play, generally in like Dead by Daylight, Overwatch. But I also, um, traditionally on Saturdays, I do nerdy cooking. So like currently, I'm going through the Legend of Zelda cookbook. Um, but I've also gone through the Overwatch cookbook, the Skyrim cookbook, the Fallout cookbook, D&D Heroes Feast. And I also have uh, to Kiki's actually recommendation uh eat uh the marvel universe so it's a marvel uh, universe cookbook so awesome uh real quick plug for myself uh follow me on uh tiktok i'm doing a bunch of resin shit on there you can watch me make dice and others things about resin that's at hey yo logan vo uh all one word so two y's in a row with hey and then yo uh you can also follow kiki on tiktok with mission spooky also there uh she's one of the few people who interact with me regularly so thank you kiki you're welcome uh, actually, and then what? I actually forgot to plug my Twitch handle. It's, it's oh, yeah. Wow. That's kind of important. Uh, <laughs> I'm great at this. Uh, Twitch.tv uh, slash chaotic good mage. There it is. Awesome. Ben, tell us yeah. about the blog. Yes. So I have a blog. Uh, the, the website is beardy, the dungeon master dot wordpress dot com. I just kind of write about whatever I'm feeling at the time. Sometime this week, I was planning on writing a, a blog post about my top three, um, card slash board game slash comic shops in the Midwest. Um, other topics include DM tips, uh, kind of a play-by-play of my Tuesday night D&D campaign uh, from when we were running 5th edition. It was super fun. Um, I've got some like stuff about like teacher life, you know, funny things the kids say. I put a couple letters of appreciation the kids have written me over the years. Um, got a couple of recipes. Just kind of a pretty good grab bag of different uh, topics that all kind of, you know, center around aspects of nerd culture and my job. Awesome. And what's that? Uh, HTTP? Yep. HTTP uh, colon slash slash <laughs> beardy the dungeon master dot wordpress dot com. Awesome. And the normal plugs that you hear all the time, guys, follow, uh, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash lost sleep. You get all exclusive bonus content. Uh, and also follow some little social bullshit. It's whatever. I hardly ever update it because I don't know. Like, it's whatever. <laughs> But follow us on there if you want. Uh, If there's any delays in episode, I usually hit it there, also in the Discord. But thank you so much for listening, guys. And until next time, stay sexy. Bye.